There are over 500,000 kids in foster care across the United States, and making sure they're well taken care of takes a village. I'm Erin Lindstrom, and this is Foster Care Aware, a production brought to you by Tidewater Friends of Foster Care with support from the Barry Robinson Center. If you've had it on your heart to become a foster parent, volunteer, donor, advocate, or just want to learn more, you're in the right place. For more information on how to move forward, head to fostercareaware.org slash next steps. And now I'm thrilled to share today's segment with you. Hey, I'm Erin Lindstrom, and I am joined with Audra Bullock, the president and director of Tidewater Friends of Foster Care. And today we have Ryan Jones and Rayshawn Satchel, who are both family service specialists in the Virginia Beach Department of Human Services. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan and Rayshawn. Thanks for Thank having you. me. Yeah, we are glad to have you here. So we'll kind of just hop right into this. And I'm wondering, Let's kind of set the stage a little bit here um, and talk about Virginia Beach in particular. Can you tell us um, how many kids are in foster care in Virginia Beach? Well, that number fluctuates on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, there are approximately 215 kids in care. Um, and we have, I think right now at this very moment, we have 69, oh, excuse me, 70 approved foster, foster homes. So you don't have to be a rocket scientist or a mathematician to, un to understand that those numbers don't match. So we're still in need of safe and nurturing foster homes. Wow, that's incredible, Ryan. Can you tell me a little bit about the numbers over the last few years Have they've been inching up? Well, uh, since we've been practicing uh, uh, more techniques for reunification, the numbers have, have actually steadied or even declined a bit um, with the influx of substance abuse in the Hampton Roads areas. Some of those numbers have increased. Some mm -hmm. of the newborns um, and the, the, the parents who have uh, battled the opioid addiction that is prevalent here in Hampton Roads, those numbers are, have, have crept up a bit, uh, but they've been maintaining over the last few years. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I think we've talked a little bit about how we're afraid what coronavirus is going to do to push kids into the care into care over the next um, six to eight months um, as as strain is put on families, not only from from kids being out of school, but also those, you know, people that fall through um, the cracks in the economic stimulus and and really just um, the, all the pressures that 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 entails. So. Um, I think it's really important to start recruiting foster parents. Tell us a little bit about what the Virginia Beach foster parent modeling is and what makes a successful foster parent in your eyes. Ms. Rachel? Um, well, our model is that, you know, we're looking for um, families, um, individuals who have, you know, what we call the ARW, the ability um, to be a foster parent, um, the resources to be a foster parent and that willingness to be a foster parent, um, especially during these times. Uh, we're just looking for regular people who can do an extraordinary thing of opening up their hearts and their homes to a child or children in need. Um, the Virginia Beach, we utilize the new generation pride model of practice here. Um, and it's something we're proud that we're doing because not only is it something that we're um, teaching to our foster parents, but our staff as well are very much engaged in that model of practice um, here in Virginia Beach. Um, so Can you tell us a little bit about the PRIDE model? I know that there are five core competencies. Can you share with our audience what those are? 
um, the five sure. core competencies, and then we can go back and forth with those. Sure. Um, the first uh, uh, pride model of practice competency is um, protecting and nurturing children. Um, that model is, you know, opening up your home, uh, meeting their individual needs, um, being there for them, um, for whatever that is for that individual child, providing a safe environment where they can feel stable and be nurtured and continue to grow and thrive. We do know that when children finally have that, that uh, protecting and nurturing factor met, that they do grow. They, they physically grow, they mentally grow, um, and you just see such a change in children just from that one need being met for them. Um, uh, the second principle is uh, the meeting children's developmental needs and addressing any developmental delays that they may have. Some of the kids that come into foster care may have delays emotionally or physically, and, and uh, we want to recognize those, even, even educationally. You know, when kids are, are striving for safety, some of the other uh, aspects are missed. Um, and we want to make sure we meet those developmental needs, educational needs, maybe speech or, or uh, uh, physical disabilities. When we recognize those as, a, as an agency or as a foster parent, you may notice some things that we haven't noticed as an agency because the kids are in your home 24-7. Uh, when you notice those things, we want to make sure that we take note of it. We put services in place to uh, address those concerns as soon as possible so that our kids and, and families can thrive. Mm -hmm. the, third aspect. the third aspect in competency is supporting uh, the relationship between children and their families. Um, that's something that I think uh, being a foster parent sometimes may struggle with mm -hmm. only because you're putting everything that you have into nurturing this child um, and supporting them while also knowing what has happened to them. Um, but I think that foster parents here in Virginia Beach do an excellent job of doing that by making sure that our children are at their family time visits, um, that they're communicating with that birth family about the child, and that they're there and open to support that birth family. That relationship is something I think is what makes or breaks sometimes that reunification from happening is whether or not that that foster family and that birth family can support uh, one another. And for our foster families to kind of model, you know, sometimes um, what um, healthier families look like, even for our birth families, and to just support the birth family throughout the process of a child being in foster care. Um, and there are a variety of ways of doing that. Like I said, you know, being there for family time, passing information along about how their children are doing, and uh, just being there available um, to think outside of the box as far as even in this time, you know, am I able and willing to share my, my cell phone number so that the children can continue through means of Zoom or WebEx or whatever to communicate, FaceTime, Duo, whatever that is, mm -hmm. so that that bond can continue even during these times that we're in. Mm -hmm. Aspect to supporting the family, when, when kids enter care, uh, sometimes the biological parents will miss a milestone, you know, their first steps or first haircut or loss of their first tooth. You know, those things are important to biological families. And we want to make sure that we don't uh, uh, forget about that. We want to make sure that they're included. We want to send pictures. Uh, we want to communicate on a, on a regular basis, especially during some of those milestone moments for our kids and families. Sure. Um, 
Another aspect is uh, connecting children to safe nurturing relationships intended to last a lifetime. Now we understand kids come into care, they may be in care for a short time or a long while. Um, but uh, our goal is to reunify children with their biological families whenever possible. Uh, and, and that's uh, a key aspect as well. Uh, there, has, there has to be safety uh, uh, first and foremost. Uh, but we want to uh, identify whatever concerns brought that child into care, mitigate those circumstances, reunify, um, and make sure that the, the, the connections that they, they've made with the foster parents whenever possible can be maintained. We have a, a, a lot of foster parents here in Virginia Beach that still have contact with the uh, foster children even after they've returned home. Uh, they've been reunified with their families. Um, and we hope to create an environment where our foster parents can be mentors for our biological parents. Mm -hmm. um, they may still need some support. They may still need a shoulder to lean on. Mm -hmm. um, they may need a babysitter, for lack of better terminology, when, you know, something comes up. Mm -hmm. um, and who better to care for uh, that, that child than someone they've grown uh, to love and trust over the last, you know, three, nine, 12 months or, or so. Um, and, and, and they respect. So we want to make sure we maintain family. that relationship whenever possible. Incredible. And the last competency? Well, last competency is working as a member of the professional team. Mm -hmm. And we tell our foster parents here in Virginia Beach that that team can be small or that team can be extremely <laughs> large. Mm -hmm. um, and we're talking about anyone who's in support of that family being a part of that team. It's not just about you know the bio, biological family or the foster family or us as workers or the court system, but it also can be that cafeteria uh, lady, or that track coach, um, mm -hmm. that counselor at school. They can be part of that professional team. Anyone who has a vested interest in that family and that child is part of our professional team. And as long as we're working together on one accord for what's in the best interest of that child and family, we're working and doing the right thing. Right. Um, as long as we can keep that as our focus, though. Um, and, and, and we're just families helping families. And, and, and oftentimes families don't always see eye to eye. And that's important to note too, because uh, we, we may go back and forth, you know, between the agency, foster parents, biological parents, but hopefully we're all working toward the same goal of reunification. And yes. if reunification is not uh, possible, then the best uh, uh, forever home for that particular child and or children. Right. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, that's beautiful and I'm so glad people get to have like an insight of what does this process actually look like and what am I being helped to learn. Um, I know one of the things that comes up is obviously taking a child from their home with their biological parent and putting them in foster care is a traumatic experience mm -hmm. and there's probably trauma around the why of this, why is this happening in the first place. Can you speak a little bit about um, the trauma-informed care and how you support parents in supporting kids going through a traumatic event? Sure. Um, we, we, we talk about trauma during our training. Um, now, a lot of kids experience trauma by way of abuse or neglect um, or abandonment and things of that nature, but children experience trauma simply by being separated from their biological uh, parent or, or, or primary caregiver. It doesn't necessarily have to be mom and dad. It could be grandma or an aunt or whomever it may be, but being separated from that particular person or persons um, creates that trauma. 
um, and, and kids come into care um, and they may join a foster family, um, they may be scared, they may be um, uh, anxious, um, and, and it's natural. And we explain to our foster parents that uh, a child does not have to experience uh, abuse to experience trauma. Uh, there are so many different levels of trauma, acute and chronic, uh, complex trauma, um, and, and our kids experience all of those, um, not necessarily at the same level, not necessarily at the same time, um, but they do experience trauma simply by entering care. And some of the, the trauma reminders, we call it, um, may uh, present themselves when a child joins a foster family. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, you, you, as a foster family, you may uh, present a foster child with a birthday cake on their birthday. Um, and for whatever reason, the child uh, has an adverse reaction to a birthday cake, um, not knowing why. Um, and then you do a little research and, you know, you get a little comfortable and asking some of those questions. And, and Johnny tells you, and, and pardon me, I call all the kids Johnny. <laughs> Um, and the child says, you know, well, you know, that my last birthday, um, this happened or something uh, happened that was negative in his or her mind. Um, and that birthday cake that uh, you provided him or her, mm -hmm. a reminder for him, for them. Um, and we, of course, we don't know that until it happens, but, um, and we're just trying to be supportive and, 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 and nurturing to the child. And some of those things present themselves in a, uh, in a negative way. Uh, so the, the trauma is real, um, but we want to make sure that uh, we're ready to uh, deal with that trauma, mm -hmm. um, and we don't close the door on a child uh, when that trauma presents itself, because trauma can, uh, uh, it can present itself in many different ways, whether it be uh, aggression or uh, acting out. Uh, they may isolate, they may refuse to, uh, to eat. I mean, there, there are so many different aspects of, and we need to be prepared for any and all of them because not all uh, children will react to trauma in the same way. So it, it seems like to me that there's a lot of training beyond the initial training that has to go on for parents to be able to handle and parent children with these high needs. So what, what does Virginia Beach offer in the way of ongoing training for parents? Well, what we do in Virginia Beach is that we uh, provide monthly training to our foster parents. Um, we call them in-service trainings on, you know, a variety of topics. Our foster parents are more than welcome if they're interested in something and that they want to know more about to bring that information to us so that we can find an expert or professional in that area to talk to our foster parents about whatever it is, whatever it is. Um, but we also provide ongoing training, uh, water safety, um, training on infant and toddler. What is that service all about? How can we support our foster parents better? Another thing that we're uh, big on is self-care. Um, our foster parents need to know how to care for themselves and help care for each other. Um, also, foster parent college, um, which is part of the New Generation Pride training, is also a great resource for foster parents on an ongoing basis at their leisure to find out about the hundreds of trainings that they have on their uh, website that is accessible to all foster parents um, to take, like I said, at their leisure and when it's convenient for them. Um, and that's, to review, if and that's free to all foster parents? 
yes. is. It yeah. is. Wow, what a resource. Once you're certified as a foster parent, you have free well, access. Well, it's actually pr prior to certification. Prior to certification. While you're actually being trained, you have access, you have to, the access to it. You have access to it. Yes, and that's part of the new generation pride training. There are four um, clusters, we call mm -hmm. them, that you have to um, complete as part of your new generation pride training to become a foster parent. After that, there is a plethora of resources and trainings on hundreds of topics related to being a foster parent and how to care for the child in your home to address their many different um, behaviors that may um, appear in your home. Um, but we do provide monthly training for our foster parents to partake in um, here in Virginia Beach. And, you know, it could be, it's, it's so many topics. We have Baby 101 for you know, parents who may have had children a long time ago and just need a refresher. And for those who are just having a newborn in their home for the first time. Um, so there's many, many trainings. Like I said, it's a monthly training that we provide um, to our foster parents. And we do, uh, when we do find out about other resources and trainings in the area, we send that information out to our parents to partake in that as well. Um, and many of them have found those to be very rewarding as well and informative. Awesome. So. Um, and we do our very best. Um, she spoke of trauma-informed care. Mm -hmm. um, our workers do a great job, I think, of trying to connect our kids to trauma-informed therapists so that those concerns and behaviors can be addressed appropriately. So That's amazing that you're giving so much information to the parents so that they're well-equipped in the home. And then also, it sounds like the team that they're a part of is also trauma-informed, so everyone's on the same page about how to best take care of the kids. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. Amazing. Yeah. Um, can you speak to us a little bit about some of the challenges that you face as family service specialists? Yeah. Um, mm. there's, there's quite a few. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the, the, the main challenges, I think, is uh, in, in finding uh, supportive and safe foster parents. It's my belief, it's our belief, mm -hmm. that there are a lot of people in the Hampton Roads area that can do this type of work. Yeah. but they just don't know about the need. When we talk about those numbers of kids in care and the, and the, and the number of uh, uh, safe, nurturing foster homes, it just doesn't equate. But right. if we can get the word out, um, and, and that's a problem for us as an agency, I think as a community, uh, just getting the word out. Um, now we have some great partners in uh, Tidewater, uh, Friends of Foster Care, and, and some other entities that, that uh, we partner with to help get the word out. Um, but we need the help of our, our churches, our uh, community partners, our, our rec centers, our um, schools. our schools, mm -hmm. um, the PTA. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we need the help of every uh, responsible adult and, and caring uh, uh, individual in the Hampton Roads area to help us meet that need. Um, another challenge we have is um, uh, meeting the kids' needs where they are. Um, we, we try to maintain the children in the uh, area in which they live, especially the schools. Um, and we try not to, uh, whenever possible, we try not to uh, uproot a child from their uh, home school uh, because we can, we, we can see through uh, uh, time and research, uh, but that's another trauma that our kids experience. Um, our kids uh, become comfortable in their school, as Ms. Rayshawn alluded to earlier, uh, they become comfortable with the with the uh, with the lunch lady, and the coach and the counselor at their mm -hmm. school. Um, losing mom and dad um, to uh, a separation as well as as uh, uh, as 
we mentioned foster care is a separation. Right. Being separated from their school and friends and 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 um, their, some of their neighborhoods and, and people that care about them can also be traumatic for our kids. Yeah. Anything that's um, I think also if we have um, families that are out there, couples that are out there that have um, um, homes and have empty rooms in them for children, um, I, we, we have a need to try to um, recruit those kind of families that have that space right. because we are finding that, you know, sometimes, you know, children, uh, when, ch when they're separated, are coming not as one child, but it may be four children or five children. Right. And we would love to be able to keep that sibling group together. So if there are families out there that, you know, have three and four space. bedrooms, that kind of space, to please consider being a foster parent so that we can keep children and siblings together. Um, and we try to do that as much as possible and when we're able to do that. Um, but it's a little difficult, you know, if it's four or five kids, you know, that are coming into foster care and we have to, you know, separate them into two or three different homes. So we would love to be able to keep that sibling group together. Absolutely. So for people who are watching this and are kind of feeling that like, yes, I want more information, whether they know it's right or not, what is the next step they can take to get in touch with you guys and um, to learn more? They can go to our website. Uh, that's mm -hmm. vbgov, vb as in virginiabeach.gov uh, slash foster care. Um, and we try to put on our website the upcoming information session dates. Uh, with the current climate, uh, we've had to uh, uh, postpone some of those dates, um, or quite a few of those dates, um, but we're hoping to get some virtual meetings uh, up and running very soon. Okay. Um, they can also reach out to us individually, myself and Ms. Rayshawn. Uh, our, 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 our contact information is also on the web, uh, the website, bbgov. Uh, dot com slash foster care um, or they can call us directly um, and I'm hoping that our numbers are <laughs> on the uh, website as well but uh, like I said reach out to us um, that's the, the the first step um, a lot of people have questions about foster care and just picking up the phone making that first step um, there's no obligation for calling uh, right. there's 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 no anxiety we it's a laid-back phone call we just want to talk and, and chat and 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 find out uh, uh, your desire for being a foster parent um, uh, where you are in the process some people have thought about this for uh, many years yeah. some people will 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 see a billboard and call in and say I want to be a foster parent and and that's fine too uh, we just want to see where, where uh, our prospective foster parents are in the process um, and uh, get the process started. Um, mm -hmm. Again, we have a, a great need for nurturing and safe homes, um, and, and we have them in Virginia Beach. We have them in, in Hampton Roads, and, and we just want to identify them and get the process started. That's fantastic. Well, we so appreciate you all sharing about what you do, the very important work you do with families and the model that you all use of families helping families and parenting as part of a professional team. I think it's just astounding um, the impact that you all are having in this. So thank you so much for sharing with our viewers today all what you do. You're thank more than you. welcome. Thank You're you welcome. for having us. Thank you. And we appreciate your partnership. Yes. Thank you. And a big thank you for listening. Foster Care Aware is all about spreading the word about how we can help the kids who are in care in whatever capacity works for you. 
Tidewater Friends of Foster Care is here to help support you through the journey. Whether you want to be a foster parent, volunteer, donor, or advocate, head on over to fostercareaware.org slash next steps to learn more.